At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast with your host, me, Mitch Anderson, and not Matt O'Leary, but James Nichols, buddy. What's going on? Same old, same old. What's going on with you? Oh, I said I was going to take a month off the show, right? Because when Matt said he was leaving, I I sulked in a little corner for a while, and and it's still still kind (laughs) of happening. Um, And then I was like, I'm not going to do the show for a month because I don't know what to do anymore. And then we talked, and we're like, let's do the thing. And I was like, all right, we're taking a week off. We were going to probably take a little bit longer, but then something big happened and we're like, well, might as well get on the mics to at least talk about that briefly and then everything else that's going on with the Islanders right now. I couldn't possibly imagine what you're talking about. <laughs> what happened? That I, did, did you hear something? Lou Lamorello got new dentures. James, <laughs> big news, buddy. <laughs> by, by the way, that, that still shot of him sitting at the NHL draft had me <laughs> cracking up. It was almost like, yeah, I did what I did. Now here I am at the draft. Somebody say the wrong thing to me. Cross me, I dare you. And I was just like, all right, Lou, take it easy. Right, and he's doing that like on location in Bridgeport. He's not yeah. in the office because he went to the Bridgeport game that was happening later on that day. So he's sitting there in Bridgeport waiting. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously the, the news is shown. We'll talk about it briefly because we spent a whole hour and 12 minutes talking to patrons about this very subject. So if you want our full-on, earnest, almost honest reaction of what happened or what we thought about the Barry Trotz firing or allowing him to leave type of thing, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisle, sign up. It's five bucks a month for the summer. There's two shows per week plus a mailbag and a live chat afterwards on Sunday. So you're getting like four shows a week over on the Patreon. So pretty damn well worth it. But let's just immediate thoughts on, on Barry Trotz, and we'll, we'll kind of take that chat and look at what does that mean going forward for the Islanders. So Barry Trotz gone. What say you? Yeah. So uh, it, it was interesting too today. I was listening to. Uh, so what, I don't know if I've ever told you this because this is fairly new for us. But one of my favorite podcast hosts to listen to is Jeff Merrick, and he always has really good conversations with uh, you know like Elliot Freeman and some of the guys over at Sportsnet, um, and. Friedman today was talking about how, you know, as more information rolled in and everything, he had uh, just really gotten the sense that um, this was maybe more of like a mutual thing. Um, And then there was that narrative going around um, that it was, uh, it had to do with Matthew Barzell. I think Nick Kiprios lit that flame. Um, And, you know, I commented on it saying that, you know, I had heard... um, Not that it it was uh, Matthew Barzell making noise about 
um, Barry Trotz need, needing to go, but it was just a general question of like, hey, if the Islanders had to choose between Barzell and and Trotz, who would they choose? And the person I spoke to said it would be Matthew Barzell. So it was like those two things together kind of like picked up steam and people thought that Matthew Barzell wanted Barry Trotz gone. Um, turns out that that's not the case and, and I never thought it was and, and a lot of people didn't think it was either. Um, and it was just nice to hear uh, Elliot Friedman confirm that today because you don't want your your franchise uh, star player to be the one that's that's stirring that drink, right? You don't you don't want him to be that's uh, the source of, of the uh, reason Barry Trotz moved on. So um, it, it was just good clarification, you know. Now that the dust has settled and like the, the initial shock is gone, um, but moving forward, what does that mean? You know, I, I was thinking about the uh, trade deadline and what happened there. There was no. Um, there was no pickups at the trade deadline. Obviously, they weren't in it. Um, but what did happen instead was an extension for Parise for a year and Clutterbuck for two. Um, and I was thinking about the Clutterbuck for two years, and I'm saying to myself, you know what? Those two years is probably the window. And the reason why that this happened was because uh, Lamarello feels like, you know, what, like he said, that there was a need for a new voice. Um, maybe uh, Barry Trotz lost the room a little bit. So, um Immediately, he's looking for a coach that can bring probably uh, a bit of an offensive um, edge to to this team, and I I, f- I really feel like this is the first major shakeup. And I say shakeup because it's not going to be an overhaul, but the first major shakeup of the summer that will lead to probably two, maybe three more major shakeups. And I'm not talking. I think I said this to you once already, Tyler Kennedy's and Shane Prince's. We're talking big-time players who could be coming to the Islanders because Lou is on the hot seat now. That, that's right. Like um, I, I think the way that I framed it with, with the patrons is that he's put all his chips in the middle of the table. Now we got to see his cards. and that That's going to be a slow process over the summer. And if we don't like them, if those cards stink, then, then we're going to have to tell them. Right. Um, but we're going to have to see what it is. It, it, this isn't like, I trust Lou. He has my trust beforehand, but it's just kind of like, all right, you've clearly said I'm all in on on, on on this retool, and it is deeper than I just need to bring in a top-line winger and a top 4D. It's now i got to bring in a coach. So you're like, okay, well, let's see them cards, Lou. How do you plan on doing this? Um, but but on, on that comment of, like, Barzal v. Trotz, I never took it as Barzal himself v. Trotz. I more saw it as the team v. Trotz because that's what ultimately comes down to when you're Lou. Like, am I going to change the coach or am I going to change the team? Well, you change right. the coach. It's always a whole lot easier to do that, right? Right. Right. And the, and the thing, too, here is, like, right, when when you put it in terms like that, like, I, I understand what you're saying. And it's funny because, you know, the, the, the more you and I uh, uh, venture into the Twitterverse, like, if we were to say that online, people would be like, wait, the team hated Barry Trotz? No, that's not what happened here. What happened here was that Lamorello conducted his interviews. He asked what everybody thought went wrong this season and what it came down to was the players had said along the lines of you know uh maybe maybe my my line mates was an issue or maybe my deployment was an issue or maybe the style of play that we play was an issue and nobody said barry trotz needs to go but in lou lamorello's mind the conclusion he came to it all boiled down to him and he said okay i think it's time to move on so nobody wanted this to happen and it's not like you know, Lamorello went back and said to them, "Does Barry Trotz need to go?" It's just the conclusion that that they that Lou Lamorello came to all on his own. This was a Lou Lamorello decision. Nobody else forced his hand. 
Yeah, and that's that's how this happens. And this isn't me condoning it. That's not saying like I wish Barry, I'm glad Barry Trotz is gone because I'm really not. I'm, I'm sure there are people out there, but uh, I I am not one of them. But when it comes to this, it's it's very clear that in those exit interviews, Lou Lamarill asked his players what that what they thought went wrong, and they, like you said, didn't say singly Barry Trotz was the problem. It's a lot of factors that you know when he put them together, he being Lou Lamarill was like, well, it's clear that I've got to change the coach. Or at least change the coach's philosophy, and that's Barry Trotz's bread and butter, right? Like, that's like someone coming to me and, and saying, like, hey, your YouTube channel on Islanders Prospects, can you change that to Princess and Ponies, please? And I'd be like, <laughs> well, that's not what I do. And they'd be like, well, sorry, that's what they want. And I'm like, well, I guess you're going to have to find someone else, <laughs> find a six-year-old and that yeah. wants to do that. Um, and, and I think that's what happened. So what next is like, well, what coach out there will fill all those boxes that the players and Lou thinks need to be filled and there are a ton of options but like which one fills them the best right yeah um it's tough right a lot of people are pointing the finger at Lane Lambert and saying he's probably the next guy uh my initial thoughts on that were if it was him it would have happened already you know as as we uh, heard the announcement that Trotz was out. Why not just say Lambert is in? It's you know he's already here, so it's not like um, you know he's he's coming from somewhere else. I feel like it would have happened already, and I don't know how much of a new voice Lambert would be um, as far as who would be a good fit. I I, I like Paul Maurice. I think mm-hmm. that he has a, a good style of coaching uh, where the Islanders could get a little bit of an offensive kick uh, in their system while Lane Lambert remains an assistant and keeps that Trotz defense intact uh, while Maurice teaches them a little bit more of an offensive style and they get a best of both, you know? So I think that that's a good uh, fit right there. Yeah, big big fan of Paul Maurice stepping in. You know who is looking to get clearly in the coaching carousel but will not be is Doug Waite, right? Doug Waite is now joining ESPN. <laughs> he's putting his he's clearly putting his name out there to be like I need to be on the radar. I need to be yeah. in front of faces and eyes and this is his way of doing it. Uh if they want offense, clearly he can give it and he won't be able to teach defense, so he might as well keep yeah. Lane Lambert, but on, on the Lane Lambert thing, you're right. I I think he's going to get a shot at it. I just sure. don't think it's going to be the guy. I think Lou's going to do his respectful due diligence and let the guy who's already here interview for the job, but ultimately go with someone else. Yeah. Uh, and, and let Lane Lambert probably have his hand at uh, looking at the Detroit gig. He already looked at the, the Anaheim gig under Lou Lamorello, so yeah. I, I don't see why not. And also, I think the Colorado gig, no, that wasn't under Lou at least, but I know he interviewed for that one too. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he He's bound to get one at some point, uh, but it's really not It's not Lamorello's style to give uh, somebody with no NHL head coaching experience the job, especially in the situation that we're in right now where – uh, like I said earlier, Lamorello's on the hot seat, and he needs somebody to come in who he knows is going to uh, bring this team back to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So the hot seat is like he's not in a retool and trying to trend upwards type of thing. It's a retool to get to the cup, get to yeah. the finals, right? And so falling short of that is is going to, I assume, cost him his job. Um, anything is shy of getting to the finals, and maybe even winning a cup, but like. I think that's just too steep of, of a line because anything can happen anywhere. Um, yeah. He's got to build a team by getting a coach, that winger, that defenseman, and, and and calvinizing that system together to get a winning record, to get to the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Like There's a whole lot for him to do 
and it starts with that coach. Yeah. Um, there are a whole ton of names out there. It's just which one does he settle on? It's not going to be John Tortorella, like I've seen some people uh, panic about. It just that doesn't make any sense in terms of style. But uh, it's going to be an interesting summer to see who he goes with a, a coach now. Yeah, and you know it's it's funny because you wouldn't think that this would be a name that comes up, but I only say this name because I've heard the um, you know the Freedmans and the Marricks and you know the the the, the big guys mention. Do they call Joel Quinville? A lot would need to happen for for the Islanders to hire him uh, morale wise. You know, a lot of a lot of statements would need to be made, and and a lot of receipts would need to be shown that Quinville is a changed person. Um, but as far as coaches who have a better uh, resume than Barry Trotz, well, Joel Quinville he has the wins, he has the cups. Um, if they can. I don't know, show that he's a changed man. I'm not personally a fan of, of that. Uh, I don't know how much he could have changed between when he uh, was forced, basically, to step down and, and now. Um, but if they do end up going with him just in, in the on the side of winning, he, he does have that pedigree. Yeah, I, I guess if you, if you were just looking at the winning, you're going, well, he does a lot of that. Uh, but it, there's more to it than that, obviously. And so... There's going to be a whole lot of reckoning that needs to happen before he can, he can step in. I I don't think we're there. I I don't want to see him back there. I think that that ship has sailed. He's yeah. The second winning his coach in NHL history. Just like you're good, but you're good, but it's clear he wants to come back, uh, and this would be a gig for him, I, I guess. But I don't want to see it happen. But uh, unless like some wild thing happened, and like Kyle Beach is like, you know what? Like I believe. Uh, Joel has come out and and been a, a, a better person than he was going into it type of thing and not I forgive because I don't think he could ever do that and I I wouldn't blame him if he doesn't but like yeah oh my god a whole lot that needs to happen there but you're right that that's certainly a name that's out there and it's been out there for not even just the Islanders but around like since May first yeah. I've been hearing that name yeah uh, real quick some some sort of breaking it's not news but it's a it's a good troll job here tonight at the UBS arena is the first ever AEW event oh, yes. uh, in in the stadium and uh CM Punk came out in a jersey and can you guess who he's wearing is it Trotz oh no I don't oh, know who he's wearing he's wearing a New York Islanders John Tavares jersey oh wow what a troll deal. job by CM Punk, huh? Unbelievable. You see the wall behind me of all the jerseys signed? Yeah. I have a Tavares jersey signed. It's not up. It used to be on a big old frame jersey. It's in a box in my closet. I'm not getting rid of it because it's going to be worth something sometime. But sure. I I'm not advertising it. I I've got Guy Lafleur. I got Tomic Plakanich over on this side. Yeah, I, I see that. Mirror image. And, and I'd rather have Tomic Plakanich out there than, than John Tavares in an Islander jersey. Thank you very much. Unreal. Wow. Um, so changing gear, because we, we've talked about trots, we talked about what's going to go forward specifically when it comes to coaching, which is going to be the next big thing for them. Um, I guess from there, the next big ticket item that happened in the world of hockey is the NHL draft lottery. Yeah. And uh, nothing really happened for the Islanders, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so they had a 2% chance to move up. Um, they didn't. They remain at 13. Uh, surprisingly, and yet again, the Devils move up. They're second overall. Um, but on, um, we, we all expected the, the Montreal Canadiens to win, and they did. Uh, they have the right to choose in their own town. Um, you see what I did there? Shane yep. Wright. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. Honestly, I had no idea. <laughs> 
but yeah, so it looks like Shane Wright is going to be a Montreal Canadian. Um, I, I wonder. I wonder about pick number 13. You know, I, I wrote a brief article last night after the pick just highlighting some players that I saw across a few uh, draft rankings in like the I went from the the rank uh, range of ten, pick number ten mm-hmm. to pick eighteen and the, the the players I threw in the mix were anywhere in that range um, and you know if they do opt to make this pick I would I would assume it's going to be a forward preferably a winger because they really lack uh, forward uh, I, I guess high end talent in, in the yep. pipeline uh, it's really Rati uh, or Ratu sorry. And and you could say Holmstrom, he's taken steps. Uh, this is more your your field here. Um, but if they don't use that pick, and I feel like that's more likely, I, it, it's going to be moved. And I was talking to somebody last night uh, through the fourth period, and and uh, I, I got the text saying uh, Kevin Fiala, anybody? And I was like, Yeah, I mean, the the Minnesota Wild are going to have some cap issues coming up real soon, and they might not be able to afford him. I will take a 40-goal scorer like Kevin Fiala at 25 years old next to Matt Barzell. Yeah, so, okay, L- let's pause on, on that point specifically because that, that kind of ties into what we were talking about with the first one with the, you know, showing the cards over the summer. Yeah. Uh, everyone's attention is obviously on Philip Forsberg or, or sure. Johnny Gaudreau because they're, they're UFAs. Phil Forsberg takes that extra long lap with Nashville and everyone's like, oh, boy, he's leaving. Um, I, I don't know about that, but... When you've got a 25-year-old who is having a hell of a year playing next to Kirill Kaprizov, right? Because he's got, what, 84 points on the year? 42 goals, 42 Something like helpers. that, yeah. Big, big year from uh, from Kevin Fiala. But when you look at Minnesota's cap, my God. like Anything above $7 million, they, they can't afford this kid. Yeah, and, and they have those buyouts coming uh, in, into play with Suter and... Zach Parise. So, you know, that's that's the thing. They they're going to be in a bit of a cap crunch as soon as this offseason and you you wonder if they can make it work with Kevin Fiala. So that's going to be difficult for them to to make it work and that that fits for someone like Barzell. You got Kevin Fiala who plays off the rush, uh great up and down, really good score and you you slot him next to Matthew Barzell. He's a year older, but he's not like ancient, right? We're not getting Zdeno Chara old. We're getting just a little bit older than Matthew Barzell. That's perfectly fine for our average age. Yeah. Um, That works. So you're, you're working that 13th overall pick going to Minnesota to kind of like work that deal our way, right? Yeah. I I think you're going to have to dangle that pick, especially because of, of how many contracts the Islanders have, right? They don't have a ton of room to sign a ton of free agents and you're not really going to, you're not really guaranteed. Anybody's going to make it to free agency. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants Gaudreau. Everybody wants uh, Forsberg to make it there, but just as much as we want them to make it there, I'm sure Nashville and Calgary each want those guys back. So um, if those if those two don't make it, then then you're kind of left sitting on your hands and you have to make a trade. And there's a ton of value on the, the day of the draft for a first-round draft pick. And if there's a guy sitting there that a team really wants, you could very well see Gary Bettman come to the post and say, we have a trade to announce. Um, I don't know how much sense it makes to trade one of the guys uh on the roster who have a decent cap hit to um minnesota in this trade because it's going to take more than just the thir- the 13th overall right they're going to want something in addition to um yeah. if you're not trading a prospect and you're trading um a, a player on the roster bovillier might not 
work because his 4.15 cap hit, something around there, might be too pricey, and so would Josh Bailey's. So now you're kind of sitting in, in the, do you trade Oliver Wallstrom in that pick for Kevin Fiala? Probably. Probably, right? I would I would absolutely think about it, 100%. Because, yeah. like, what has Wally done at the end of the year, right? Like, didn't really stand out. Uh, maybe you could blame Trotz for that, but you're going, if I'm getting a guy who he might, or giving away a guy, I should say, who might score 30 for a guy who I know can score 40, I, that seems like a no-brainer to me. I understand the promise of Oliver Wallstrom and the potentials there, but we have a known quantity in Kevin Fiala versus an yeah. unknown quantity in Oliver Wallstrom. You're trading a lot, but that that's what gives that, that trade value for at least Minnesota going like, you're, we're giving you something here, right? And so it might not work out for them, right? Minnesota might get him back and it does not work, but it might as well. So you, you put him next to Kaprizov and, and maybe that works. It's just... I understand anyone who's hesitant to make that trade, but I would absolutely think about it 100%. I'd yeah. probably even like, I think maybe 75, 25, I'd do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to that, Lynn, we, we, we get back to the draft and you're looking at some of the players available and there's no one that that's the problem with this pick is that with any pick really in this draft, there's no one that the Islanders could pick that would change the direction of this franchise or that would help change the direction of this franchise today. Yeah. Which is where they're at. It's all great that we might select, I don't know, a Connor Geeky or, or a Cutter Goatsy or a Pavel Mintyukov. Cool. Those are all great prospects in two to three years from now. Exactly. That doesn't help anyone right now. Right. And that's, that's the point, right? You know, that's the reason why um, it seems and feels pretty likely that that 13th pick will be selected by somebody else um and, and you know the the two-year window that we spoke about doesn't match up with a player who they're going to draft who will be on the roster in two years because at that point now you're in rebuild mode so what well, you, you might as well sell off the pick now because yes the pro- prospect pipeline is is thin it's not that great sure but it, it, it at the same time the goal is that everybody wants to come back next season and win so do, do you want to draft a guy and win at the same time of course but it just doesn't work like that always. So with the uh, with the assets the Islanders have right now, this is one of the more valuable ones, and they're probably going to need to use it if they're going to get either that forward or defenseman that everybody wants. Well, and that that's it, right? Like it really comes down. I understand like you want a good prospect pool and you want to win, but that doesn't happen very often. Very yeah. very few teams are, are able to do that. Just look at that the draft rankings last year. The better teams are at the bottom. Just because by virtue of where they finish, they end up picking last, at least in the first round. And they also end up trading those picks in the first round, that is. So, like, they're not yeah. even making selections half the time. Right. So, it, it doesn't really make any sense. Like, we're going to have to hold on to it because, like, we got to get the prospect pool going. No, like, there's nothing really else, like you're saying, of value within this franchise to move something to get something. You got to right. give to get. And... The only thing the Islanders have to give is that pick, Alturatu, and um, Oliver Wallstrom or Noah Dobson. Maybe DeFore, right? Maybe Holmstrom sure. if, if someone's biting on, if someone's liking what they see uh, in the A or in the Q right now. But it seems unlikely. Exactly. If we're looking at like NHL mode, and I know everyone's like, oh, you can't do trades by NHL mode. I, I just like how they structure things where you can see that value fader. 
Yeah. So I'm going to borrow that. When you look at the value fader for the assets on the Islanders that aren't on the playing roster, that 13th overall pick is right at the top. It's yeah. not even close. Even Aturatu is like, I would say, 60% through, whereas this 13th overall is probably at 80% through the, the fader. Like, that, yeah. that's a big, big gulf in terms of value. And I love Aturatu. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you there. It's definitely, you know, th- there's questions about uh, Aturatu still because, you know, he fell in the draft. He was a second-round pick, 52nd overall. He got passed over by, I believe, at least 20-something teams twice. So um, the, the 13th overall pick, he probably has less question marks, and, and whoever that's going to be um, might have a, a, a higher ceiling. Uh, so we... Uh, we definitely have value in that pick. Uh, or I say we, the, the Islanders definitely have value in that pick. Um, if they want to acquire somebody who's going to impact the roster for next season, uh, the best course for it is to trade it. Yeah, it, it really is. That, that's going to be the best course of action is to trade it. Uh, if, unless they just can't get value, right? I can see them going to the draft floor and, and no one's giving them what they want. Like, well, we'll take the pick and then eventually trade the, the player themselves sure. um, at the height of their value, obviously. Um, but, like, th- that could very well happen. But w- when it comes to retooling this, the, the window is from now until July 7th, I believe, is the draft. July 7th. So the Islanders have that amount of time to move that pick to someone who could use it more than we can. Right. So, um, but when it comes to the rest of, uh, of the Islanders kind of like talking points, there's nothing else really going on this week because everyone's just kind of sitting down and waiting for these playoffs to be over, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, the, the New York Rangers right now are down 2-1 to one against Pittsburgh uh, Penguins facing elimination. And actually, uh, two nights ago, as you're hearing this, um, the Bridgeport Islanders actually dropped a, a heartbreaker uh, in Car- was it in Carolina? It was no, right. It oh, was, was in it, Bridgeport. It was in Bridgeport. It's uh, weird. The first two games are in Bridgeport. The final three, if necessary, are in Charlotte. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So a heartbreaker there in, in Bridgeport. They were up two nothing. They wound up losing three two. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, as as far as Islanders uh, talk right now, all there was was really Barry Trotz and 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 the draft. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see if anything trickles down the pipeline. I guess we could we could uh, touch on. The Mitch Corn uh, talk real quick. Yeah. Andrew Andrew Gross did say yesterday that he felt, um, or he had been hearing that it was possible Mitch Corn was going to be moving on, and it was quote unquote unrelated to Trotz's firing. Whether that's true or not, we'll never know. But I will say there were a lot of um, a lot of people that were worried about that. You know the, the, that this was um, a trickle down effect and. I do want to mention that although, you know, nobody wants to lose Mitch Korn, right? However, you look at, um, you know, Robin Lehner, and he was really outspoken about how impactful Piero Greco was, and it's the belief is that he is staying. Um, and Piero Greco will likely remain in his role and continue to help the development of Ilya Sorokin and anybody in the Islanders' goaltending system. So although Korn is going to be, yeah, an obvious loss that you don't want to have, things won't change that much with Piero Greco staying intact. True. Uh, P.S. It's now 3-2 for the Rangers. Oh, boy. Wow, right? That was Um, fast. Yeah. Uh, But that's a good point. I I was one of those. I said, oh, my God, it's all unraveling. Um, You've got the director of goaltending saying, like, I'm going to dip. And and that's fine. 
it is what it is. Mitch Korn is the head of this organization in terms of the goaltending strength. You do have Piero Greco, who's, who does the day-to-day stuff, the on-ice stuff. Mitch Korn goes out every now and again, but he's not traveling with them goalies. He's not yeah. the, like the classic goalie coach because a, a goaltending director or director of goaltending is something new in the entire like NHL. It usually is just that guy who's going game to game following these guys and on the ice with them. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't imagine they get rid of that position. Like, why open it and then just get rid of it all of a sudden? Right, yeah. But seeing him leave would be uh, would be weird. But you're right. Piero Greco is still the guy who's out there working the day-to-day. So maybe we don't have to be too, too worried about, you know, bringing him some random goalie and getting him to Vezina Caliber at some point. Right, right. Uh, real quick, it's hysterical as this is unraveling, but the Penguins just tied at 3-3. <laughs> Four goals in two minutes and 55 seconds. That's insane. Oh, Isn't my it? God. Hockey, Isn't not it? hockey, right? Like, puck, don't lie. Just all of all over the place, up and down. This is... Oh, I wish we were I watching it, that, huh? I, I said it earlier. Uh, Jake Gensel, that, that that's his second goal of the game. That the, the tying goal there, he's he's quietly the one of the better, if not one of the the most underrated goal scorers in the NHL. He had forty goals this year. Did you hear his name once? Nope, not at all. It's all I'm about saying. Sidney Crosby, right? Yeah, so he's quietly one of the best pure goal scorers in the league. Second time in his career that he scored forty goals. And the Islanders are like, no, we're going to take Tyler Camarato or something like that. Camarato yeah. instead yeah. of him. Lulz. Um, yeah. But on that, I guess we can sign off. We're, we're, we've done a good first one. Like, we may not have flushed out the entire way we're going to structure this podcast, but it's podcast number one, people. Podcast, podcast number, number one. one. Like, think of going to a bar with someone that you've never gone to a bar with before and then, like, Hope we have, we hit it off right away and that everyone enjoys it. It would be weird to hit it off right away all the time. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, like you said, we, we had some really good in-depth conversations on the, on the Patreon. So if you're interested in more content like this, head over to the Patreon, hit that sub button. We got a, we got a lot of good things coming with, with the Patreon. So uh, we hope you join us. Absolutely. So it's patreon.com slash eyes on aisle. Subscribe five bucks a month. Again, four pods. Essentially, the last fourth one is really just a chat on the Discord channel, uh, but we sit there for an hour. Uh, that's four. You get four chats with us for oh every week throughout the summer. Think about that, people. Throughout the summer. So it's gonna be a long one. Exactly. Longer so, than anyone you've seen in the past couple of years. So why not hang out with us? Kick it in our Discord. And we can have some good talk about the Islanders all summer long. Yeah, so you and 118 other crazy Islanders fans get in on that. Uh, make sure to go to the website. That's eyesonisles.com. Click on them articles. Read them. Feedback, too. Uh, on Twitter, you can reach us. My Twitter handle is at TLOMitch. James is at, at James Nichols, N-Y-I. Um, am I missing anything else? We've got a Facebook account, but we just repost things that you're probably seeing on Twitter anyways. <laughs> and I think that's all the places that you can get us. Yeah, I'm not used it. to doing these plugs. Matt always did them for five years or so. <laughs> well, you're doing, one. you're doing swell. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. So that's us signing off to this Eyes on Isles podcast episode. I don't know, 246, I think it is. Um, but thank you, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. Boom. Tidy 30 minutes and 25. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.